0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto Experts. To the end zone. It's Touchdown. Oh, my goodness. The mark of fantasy excellence.
1: You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. Yeah.
2: and shine fantasy players it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood thursday october 25th let's doodle do it this is roto experts in the morning right here on the award-winning fantasy sports radio network i'm your host dane martinez they call me speeds the spitting statistician and as always i am overjoyed to be joined Obama man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King, Scott Angle. Scotty, week eight starts off tonight, the second half of the regular fantasy season. How are you feeling?
1: Doing good. It's been a busy night, busy morning, waiver pickups, trades, etc. And an interesting, uh, inter- interesting trade scenario. Maybe
2: I'll run by you in a, a little while. Sure. All right, sounds good. I'm always here to help. I help the Stats overbeat cipher. We help the callers here. I'm always a, a source of information and feedback whenever you want. And if you guys want that, so many ways you could join the show or contact us. First, you could give us a call at 844-843-6879. You could always hit us up on Twitter as well. I'm at Spittin' Speeds. Scott is at X. We got a good show for you. We also got to tell you about the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in-season. Fantasy Football Package, enter the promo code The King at checkout. You will get in that package some things like The King's Week 8 rankings, and we'll dig into some of those a little bit later on in the show. Maybe I'll find the gentleman's bet uh, for Week 8 with my man, Scotty Angle. But let's dive in here, Scotty, news and notes. The first thing is, I say it all the time. On Wednesday, you're going to get a ton of DNPs. You're going to get a ton of practice reports, but don't let it cause alarm. We talk about what's trending in uh, in the right or the right or the wrong direction throughout the week. So, for example, Scott. Uh, Jay Gruden says that Adrian Peterson is going to get Wednesdays off for the rest of the season. You know, so that's just an example to you. Every week, you're going to see that, but it should not cause alarm for some vets like Adrian Peterson. We see that with D-Hop and others, right, Scott? Again, I know I say it every week, but, like, this Wednesday practice report is merely the baseline.
1: Yeah, it is. You know, I remember when the Seahawks used to get Marshawn Lynch, uh, you know, Wednesdays off. Sure. You know, when he was in the prime of his career, so. There's nothing to see here, although Peterson is 33 years old. He's obviously got a lot of mileage. You know, it's a smart thing to do. He's been getting a little banged up here and there, but uh, he's still producing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the Washington football team will take on the New York Giants. By the way, the first place Washington football team will take on the New York Giants, and they know they need Adrian Peterson. You made a great point yesterday, Scott. I went ahead and I made a DFS lineup, and Adrian Peterson is one of my running backs at 7,000. I don't mind the practice reports or the questionable tag. What I mind is that the New York football Giants traded away Snacks Harrison yesterday while we were on air. We broke the story to Detroit. Uh, so that you know severely weakens their run defense it looks like the Giants and the Raiders are you know waving the white flag on the season right Scotty I mean who do you think is going to trade more players (laughs) you know before next Tuesday the Giants I'm hearing word of things like Janoris Jenkins potentially and others or the Raiders where could it be crazy enough that Derek Carr would even be on the move who's going to trade more players Scott the Raiders or the Giants (laughs)
1: Uh, let's see, uh, who has more pieces to give up that are viable? Uh, <laughs> well, the Giants said, Giants are not going to give up like Beckham or Anger. Or no, anything. I'm talking about th- like a I Jenkins, maybe. I, I think it's hard to predict at this point. I guess sure. we're going to, if we're going to
2: total it up, I, I think it's going to be about a draw. Yeah. Let's let to zoom out a little bit. We made this comment yesterday and I want to kind of reinforce it, Scotty, um, I think we both believe this to be true. Why, in your opinion, might we actually see more trades this year than uh, what, what we used to see in the NFL, say, five years ago? It seems like there's more activity around the trade deadline this year. We've already seen people like Carlos Hyde, Amari Cooper, and others on the move. There's rumors about other people, Demarius Thomas. Um, why do you think it is that uh, we might see more action than usual in the NFL? Because they pay attention to fans.
1: Fantasy football, and that's what everybody in fantasy football does. To be honest with you, uh, I don't think there's any certain trend about it. He he can't point to anything specific hmm. and say, okay, this is why they do it more than they did in the past. I, I don't think there's anything solid.
2: Okay. Well, let's talk about this. Listen, on Wednesday... I I always say this is the practice reports, but i 'm not worried about the injuries just yet. We 'll tell you who you really need to worry about tomorrow when we talk to Dr. A from inside injuries but i um there was a couple of injury news and 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 to be quite honest, more people that are coming back to practice that I want to ask you about. And the first guy I want to ask you about is your guy, Scotty, Jack Doyle, Jack Doyle back at practice. Now, one, do you think that means that he's trending to again, play this Sunday against Oakland? But I think the more important question is owners have been, you know, pleasantly surprised by Eric Ebron. He is a he is tight end three or four right now, depending on your scoring settings. So, you have, if you have Eric Ebron, you, you, you lucked into uh, a top tight end in your lap. If Doyle comes back, uh, is it party overtime for Ebron owners? Uh,
1: I think not party over, but I think he takes a hit. And I'm trying to move him in one league this morning because uh, Doyle will be back in the next two weeks. And
2: you have T.Y. Hilton back. So. The days of big numbers for Eric Ebron might be done. Okay, fair enough. So definitely something to look at. I mean, are you still, let's say T.Y. Hilton comes back. Let's say Jack Doyle comes back, right? Uh, Are you still starting Eric Ebron? Depends on who else
1: I have. I mean, in one league I have Eric Eric Ebron and Trey Burton, so I'm not. So it really depends on who else you have because I think it will be – go back to where Hebron is the touchdown guy and Doyle is more of the guy outside the twenties.
2: Yeah, right now I look at your Week Eight rankings, and we're still with Doyle as uncertain, but just returning to practice. You have Trey Burton as your number five tight end this week against the Jets. You have Eric Ebron as your number six tight end this week against Oakland. Those guys behind Kelsey Ertz, of course, Rob Gronkowski, and don't forget about George Kittle's and Bits right there going up against the <clears throat> Arizona Cardinals. Those are your six. tight Top tight ends in your rankings for week eight in the Roto Experts exclusive edge in season fantasy package. Ace, hey, Scotty, you know I'm a Jets fan. So, and, and, and Bavona, you know how much I love this guy. You know, it was one of the first nicknames and songs that I put out there on, you know, Aspies the Spitting Statistician. I'm talking about Boom Boom Bilal Pow Pow. And it looks like Bilal Pow, unfortunately, um, is sent to IR. He's got a neck injury. It looks like he's going to have to have um, neck surgery, which is obviously very serious. Head coach Todd Bowles actually said that they're concerned that his career may be in doubt. So first things first, we want to send our uh, warm wishes and hope it all works out for Bilal Powell as a human being. Priority, right, over as a football player. But then as we look to the football implications, Scotty, I have two layers of questions here. There you go. Yeah, let's tip our captain to Bilal Powell. But you know, next man up is where fantasy owners want to look for a Scotty. Roots. Yeah, man, everything Irish. You know, pour a little bit out. Let me but, tell you right. three things about Bilal Powell. You know, um, but moving forward, Bavona, moving forward, Scotty. Um, How far up now, because this is, you know, less of a timeshare, there's reason to like kind of Isaiah Crowell already, how far does this bump up Isaiah Crowell?
1: I don't think it does, because you never know what you get from Isaiah Crowell, it could be 200 yards one week, and zero the next. The only thing it does is, it makes Trenton Cannon like a deeper pickup, you know, I picked him up in a few
2: leagues because if it ends up being a timeshare, I'd like to see what this kid could do. Interesting. Uh, Scotty, I'm going to throw a monkey wrench into your plans. Uh, I know a lot of people were targeting uh, – talking about Cannon. I am not, Scotty. You know why? Uh, Elijah Maguire comes off the pup list next week. And going into the season – uh, going into the season, Elijah Maguire is someone who the Jets were very intrigued by, very excited by. Our uh, our guy Emery Hunt, you know, friend of the network who does great work and great scouting, was very high on Elijah Maguire as well. I knew people would say Trenton Cannon, and that is the first thought. And he was kind of toiling as this, you know, maybe a little third down spark Ricky Bobby shake and bake guy. But they have Elijah Maguire coming back to fill that role. Um, would you really still? Would you rather look at Cannon than Elijah Maguire?
1: Well, Cannon, you know, get the opportunity this week, and you know how long would it take McGuire to get worked back in? Plus, McGuire, we heard that last year, and then when he really got an opportunity to play, he didn't do much with it. He struck me as more of a special teamer, and you know, uh, a guy that was maybe worth a few carries a game, but. Couldn't really
2: handle much of an expanded workload interesting. Uh, I, I, as a Jets fan, I've you know, i seen this a lot. I feel differently about it, Scott. I, I do think that Elijah Maguire is ultimately, will prove himself to be above Trenton Cannon on the depth chart, but you're right. I mean, he will maybe, you know, we don't know the status of his injury. I do know that he is uh, looking like he's going to be ready to return from the pup list next week, but how long it takes him to whatever it's get into the flow, get into football shape, whatever, that is a variable I don't know. I do know, though, that this team really does like Elijah Maguire. So it is a name to note. Just keep an eye out on that. I do think Crowell will get a bigger share of the opportunity. Uh to your point though, Scott, it doesn't always lead to production. He has been inconsistent at times, but definitely an option for you guys looking forward. Um, the one piece of news there, uh our guy Stratford said it at the top of the hour, if you heard and listen, Scott, I mean I don't know. We've been talking about this for weeks. We have been telling the Minnesota Vikings the way they should have treated this injury. Inside Injuries was telling us how they should have treated this injury. It seems like the teams themselves always are the last to know, right? It seems like this Dalvin Cook injury really is like following the same exact script as the Leonard Fournette injury, right? Like, you know, stud second-year running back who's always had injury concerns gets injured. The team holds him out for a couple of weeks brings him back too soon there's he's not ready a little bit of a reaggravation, and then they toy with it a little bit but then ultimately shut the player down until like week 10 or 11 it seems like now that's the formula for Dalvin Cook in Minnesota the same way that ultimately Jacksonville viewed Leonard Fournette right
1: pretty much you know these teams maybe sometimes not being careful enough at least you know that's the line that we could uh we can walk, you know, when we listen
2: to people and in inside injuries. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you this. Um, you know, when we were talking about Leonard net, right at one point in time, Scott, you, you know, saw the next man up as TJ Yeldon and you had him as high as I believe nine in in in-season ranks at one point in time. This was obviously before like the Carlos Hyde deal and things of that nature. Right. But for that period of time, you viewed TJ Yeldon as an R a back end RB one and as high as number nine. I want to now continue this analogy with the Leonard Fournette and Dalvin Cook. You viewed T.J. Yeldon very high at one point in time. What does that mean? Will you say the same thing for Latavius Murray in this situation? How high, uh, you know, for the next, what, three weeks, let's say, uh, could you see Latavius Murray going? I see this week you have him as RB14 against the Saints.
1: Yeah, uh, I did my in-season ranks yesterday on rotoexperts.com. I believe I had him at
2: number twenty one. Of the in season, but this week I see on week eight for this with this matchup you have his number fourteen, so why higher this week than for the next, you know, few weeks?
1: Well, I mean, obviously you got Ezekiel Elliott and and uh on by Melvin Gordon, you know, on a bye. And uh, you know, you have some other injury injuries that are playing in into the mix. You know, okay, in-season, so in season's different than uh because the right, there's ranks, no buys, you got to consider because, everybody. Because, you know, you have to factor in that when I wrote it yesterday that I was thinking that, you know, within two
2: weeks that Dalvin Cook could, could be back. So that that's why. Okay. Um, so just to pin it down there, for until Dalvin Cook returns, you are comfortable considering Lat Murray as an RB2, though, correct? Like, I know that, yeah, you know, it might be different. He's based on it buys the and last injuries. two weeks, yeah. Right. So based on buys, you know, this week at 14, he may be a high end RB2. But even when you consider everybody in the mix, you know, he still winds up. I think you mentioned, you know, the the ranking you had him still puts him in mid to back end RB2 territory. So you're still, you know, generally comfortable with that. And here's what I'll also throw out, you know, uh, especially like for. Um, you know, Scotty, I'm over on FanDuel right now and I look at DFS, you know, like with a guy like Isaiah Crowell, you know, for example, they still have Blau Powell assumed, you know, in the pricing. So that could be a little bit of a value. I look at the Minnesota, um, and Minnesota on Sunday night, I believe. So they're not up on the thing, but the same thing I've had Lat Murray in my lineup a number of times, you know, over the, over the course of the last few weeks, because the pricing doesn't catch up as well last uh, piece of news and notes that I want to bring up before after the break Scotty we'll dive a little bit deeper into your week eight ranks interesting not interesting weird story to me out of Denver okay the Broncos cut Chad Kelly and I know this isn't necessarily fantasy relevant per se but it seems like uh, Chad uh, Chad Kelly got arrested because of something after a, a party it was a very bizarre story did you know that Scotty that it was Von Miller hosting a Halloween party Okay, and then it looks like Chad Kelly uh, had one too many, got a little belligerent, you know, wound up in a stranger's house and trespassing, mumbling to himself on a sofa and, you know. I bring this up because Chad Kelly has had kind of off-the-field troubles all the way back since college at Ole Miss. But the talent was kind of undeniable, or at least the arm strength. He did, in fact, beat Alabama while at Ole Miss with Laquan Treadwell as his main wide receiver. And the thing is, there was some buzz in Denver that this guy was trending up in the right direction and, you know, moved up from QB3 to QB2. And I don't think he had a chance to, like, unseat Case Keenum in the short term. But he was kind of trending up. He is, in fact, Jim Kellys. Nephew, he had an opportunity and he pissed it away. Um, just a sad story, right, Scott.
1: I guess so, yeah. Uh, fantasy wise, only the two quarterback league would he be be on the radar. But uh
2: I'm just thinking about maybe stashing yeah. as a dynasty guy, you know, in the same way you would stash a Teddy Bridgewater kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I see it in a dynasty league or a two quarterback league, but you know, other than that, it's not really a story. You know, fantasy No,
2: I know, but at the same time, you know, where we as humans feel bad for Bilal Powell, you know, we as humans, I think, you know, want to make sure that Chad Kelly either gets the help he needs or winds up okay in this situation. When we come back, Scotty, on Roto Experts in the Morning, what we're going to do is we're going to dive into the Roto Experts exclusive edge package and your week eight ranks. We're going to see where the matchups help, where the matchups hurt, and who you think is a fugazi for this week. It's Dane and Scott, Roto Experts in the Morning. Come on right
0: back after this. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world.
2: Welcome back, Roto Experts in the Morning, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Follow us on Twitter at Fit and Speeds, at ScottyRotoX. I also want to let people know, Scotty, that if you enjoy playing DFS, but you're sick of the professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups, try the props builder tool. Over at MyBookie.ag, forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with scratches, and avoid the experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players you want, forget the salary caps, sign up using the promo code FNTSY, and you'll get a 50% deposit bonus. Okay, That's going over to MyBookie.ag, use the promo code FNTSY for a sign-up bonus. You pick the matchups you want, don't worry about salary caps, that's MyBookie.ag with the promo code FNTSY. Scotty, you know, I was talking about the injuries and like how I don't really worry about them. AP is going to get Wednesdays off all the time. You mentioned that that is not uncommon for veterans, you know. Um, I digress, though. Are there any injuries that did you did see that are on your radar that, you know, are kind of a little different that we should be concerned about? Because, I, you know, I kind of don't worry about. The ones that I see on Wednesday, I look about, you know, how it goes. But is it anything like Marlon Mack limited practice? Looks like Cooper Cup might not face the Packers. Is that maybe one that we should talk about? Cooper Cup maybe doubtful at this point to face Green Bay. I think uh, I think we kind of we kind of uh, assume that
1: coming in uh, with Marlon Mack. Uh, was, was he limited? I, I, yeah, he was actually limited. That's some. Mm-hmm. That's something I'm. I'm gonna watch though because anytime it's an ankle injury on a running back, you right. know that that is reason for concern. Matt Breida uh, didn't practice, and there's there's talk that they may hold him out this week with the bye coming, and that makes mm-hmm. Raheem Mostard a nice sneaky play this week against the Cardinals. Does that make Alfred Morris viable as well? Nah, it's gonna be Raheem Mostard. I don't care what okay. they say publicly. Coaches
2: always lie publicly. Most starters, I'm definitely ahead of them on the depth chart. Cool. Uh, I know you're locked into the Seahawks, guy. The Seahawks are facing the Detroit Lions. Golden Tate started the week limited. Does that matter to you, or you think he'll be ultimately fine? Nah, this limited will be fine. This is a revenge game for him against. Uh, yeah. Although, although it was
1: he left on his own volition though, but. You know. Yeah, but him and Russell like, Wilson certainly have some, uh,
2: you know, yeah, some God some some storylines and,
1: <laughs> and stuff, stuff like that. You know,
2: even if you left in a bad way, you know, you always want to outdo your buddies. Sure, I mean, I'm alluding to it. You do know the story uh, of the uh, the things between Golden Tate and Russell Wilson, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I heard about it's that. A, yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see if they shake hands or anything like that after the game, uh, similar to Kevin Garnett and Carmelo Anthony, let's say. But in any event, I digress. Let's um, I'm looking at your week eight rankings, Scott. And remember, this is now different than your in-season rankings. OK, so just to clarify for the listeners out there who have the Roto Experts exclusive edge package, who have entered the promo code El Rey at checkout, um, your in-season ranks is sort of not like a long-term view, but what I call a medium-term view for like over the next month or so. These in-season ranks, you know, factor the matchup and are for this week, okay? So for a lot of your sit-start questions for this week, you could look at these rankings and they're all, you know, considering all those factors get in. I want to look at the running backs, okay? And Scott, you know, I'm not looking at the top 10 running backs. We know about those guys. You're starting Kareem Hunt. You're starting Joe Mixon. You're starting James White. We know this. You even have Lindsey and McCaffrey in your top 10. David Johnson returned to the top 10 um, as well. But I want to look a little bit lower down um, at some guys... Where, you know, it might be a difference of if you sit them or if you start them. I'm thinking about a 12-team league where you start two running backs. So I look right at number 24, right? And I'm looking right around there. You have some guys on this barrier that uh, right at that line that you are higher on than others and some that you are lower on than others. So those are the ones I want to talk about. First one up. For me is TJ Yeldon. You have TJ Yeldon as RB nineteen. Okay, so that's definitively an RB two. My question for you is, uh, what do you expect if anything out of Carlos Hyde? And is he ready to become part of a timeshare? And if so, what does that mean for Yeldon?
1: Uh, I'm not expecting too much. I, you know, it's, it's probably the first game that Hyde's going to be active, and okay. also I, I don't I don't know if I can expect him to be more than a change of pace back. Uh, But again, you know, running back rankings, you know, outside of say the top, uh, you know, seven or eight this week, they're very, very dicey, you know, showing showing how uh, uncertain the position is overall. So, you know, you would think in a week like this, that in years past, like a running back with that kind of situation would be ranked more like towards the late 20s, early 30s, but... I don't know if we can expect too much from Carlos Hyde just yet.
2: Okay. Um, so you don't think the threat is too big to TJ Yeldon, and at least for this week, Yeldon is still a solid RB2, in your opinion. Listen, uh, I would say yesterday- solid RB2. I don't think anything outside the top
1: 10 or so is is solid, but it, I think it points him be more involved. You expect him to be more involved, but it's anything but solid. It, it's dicey. For all we know, you know, Carlos Hyde could come out and start, and Yeldon could be put in the rearview Mirrors, You know, I'm just trying to read this thing as best I can, and all I can say is is Carlos Hyde's first game being active.
2: Right. I mean I say solid RB two. What I mean out of that is you have him, you know, the RB twos are numbers thirteen through twenty four in your ranks. And number nineteen is right in the middle of that. So he's not a front end RB two, he's not a back end RB two. You have him right there in the middle in your RB two ranks, no? I mean I if do, you but thought I Hyde do, was that a... doesn't that doesn't mean solid. Yeah, but if you thought Hyde was a threat,
1: then you'd have Yeldon lower, right? No, not necessarily. It's it, it's all—it's all relative to who's at the position. I wouldn't say that anybody, you know, going over it here. I wouldn't say anybody past past uh, seventeen is solid. You know, I can't count on Kenny Drake
2: to do anything. Uh, you know, he's right, but he you are you, to your point dice. about being relative. You're counting on him more than Chris Carson, than Doug Martin, than Lamar Miller, who you have behind him in your ranks. Right, but all of those guys are dicey, though. But when you use the word
1: solid, that's totally inapplicable. You know, anybody from 18 down is not
2: solid. Uh, I think this is semantics, Scott. And I think you, uh, you know, there's, there's ways of interpreting the words. I don't know if it is semantics, though, to of be course it is,
1: with you know? No, it isn't. Because, you know, if you say, you know, on my ranks, a guy is solid, you know, yes. I think everybody from basically like, like f- past 15 – Nobody's solid. It's just I like I like some guys more than others. Nobody's TJ Yeldon's not a solid start. This is talking about the state of running back right now. You know, none of them, none of them are solid. You can't. I don't think you can rely on anybody, f- b- below Kerry and Johnson this week.
2: So, are you then saying, Scott, that in your ranks after number fifteen? That you can put number 16 through, uh, I don't know, pick a number, 35 or whatever it is, and that they really – it does not matter? No. So when we get six you know, start why That's why I have
1: some guys ranked ahead of, right. of others. You know, That I, is my I, exact
2: point, Scott.
1: I, I, I TJ, I, TJ Yeldon is a little bit more safer to me than, say, Isaiah Crowell or Jalen Richard.
2: So what is the difference you know, I in your Jaylen opinion was, of the word safe and solid?
1: That I feel comfortable about using them. I don't feel comfortable about popping any of these guys
2: in my lineup past
1: number fifteen, but I don't have a choice.
2: Right, but you feel more comfortable about having Alex Collins, let's say, than Jordan Howard. That's what. Right, but that doesn't
1: mean any of them are solid, though.
2: Uh, well, okay. That's uh, you know, that's that's one way of you viewing the words. We should move on. Let's talk about another running back here that you have within your top thirty, um, and that is Mike Davis. You have him eleven spots higher than uh, the consensus, who has him at forty-one. So you view him better, more stable, safer, more solid than the industry. Uh, talk to me about why you have more faith in Mike Davis than the consensus.
1: Again, stable, solid, safe. None of the words that I apply to Mike Davis. You know, once I'm getting past say number twenty twenty six or twenty-five, I'm like, out of all these guys, the dregs, like, who would I who would I use most out of desperation? And Mike Davis always has goal line possibilities, but you look at the guys around him, like Kenjin Barner, Naheem Hines, it's it's like, you know, past number thirty. There's nobody I actually really want to have in my starting lineup at all. It's so thin right now that I feel like anybody outside of number
2: 28 is a total desperation play. So let me ask you this then, Scotty. <clears throat> uh, maybe Bavona, we'll hold off on that. Um, so let me ask you this, Scotty: If you get a uh, you know a Twitter question right from one of your thirty thousand plus followers, right, and they say this week. Do you like Isaiah Crowell or Jordan Howard? Are you to say that your response to them is like neither? It's a crapshoot, no. and not have an opinion? Obviously not. I have one guy
1: ranked ahead of ahead of another, so obviously I'm going to pick Powell. I'm not going to say neither. You know, if I if I go down to say if you, but it ask sounds like what me, you're saying say, is it doesn't matter. No, I don't know. I don't know if you're following me. It's like well, I'm, I'm not you. saying that's it doesn't definitely. matter. What I'm saying is, is some of these guys are not reliable. They're not solid, but some have more upside, or I feel some of the guys have more potential to give you a decent or good outing than others.
2: Okay, I hear what you're saying. Uh, just remember, but it about they're 10 all very, I think the just best. Just remember it about ten say, minutes when I bring it back to this. That's all. I, I, <laughs> that's the all.
1: best way to describe it is. All these guys are very risky. But the ones who are ahead either have more upside or are less risky than the
2: next guy. Right. I understand this completely. In some ways, you're talking about these things as a relative thing. And in some types of – and then in some conversations, you're talking about it as an absolute thing. And one – it can't be both. Either these are relative things, rankings are relatively speaking, confidence is relative to other things, or these are absolute statements that that you have – faith in one. It's one or the other. Either the rankings are relative to each other or they are not. But we will digress. Let's move on to the wide receivers and apply the same logic. If we go to wide receiver, same kind of thing. We don't need to talk about the top guys. The wide receiver ones are the wide receiver ones. They are what they are. You, however, Scotty, and PPR rankings, which we're considering our standards, kind of moving forward, you have Alshon Jeffrey as a wide receiver, too. Number 17 overall, he's facing that Jacksonville Jaguars secondary in defense will likely have Jalen Ramsey on him. It looks like the industry uh kind of values Jalen Ramsey's coverage a little bit more than you. You have him nine spots higher than the industry at number 17, definitively in your relative rankings in the wide receiver two territory. Yeah, I don't want to label
1: anything, but, you know, I like him at 17 uh, because you know I just feel that, you know, we've seen that this Jacksonville uh, defense is, you know, not what we thought it was. And number two, I think Carson Wentz gonna have to throw a lot here. This this is
2: an important game for them. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, he they probably will have to throw. Think about their running backs. They're the Smallwoods and the Clements up against that front seven of Jacksonville. We shall see if the Philadelphia Eagles do in fact take that tack. Let me ask you this: um, When it comes to that Eagles Jaguars game. The total is 42 Scott um, and that's pretty low. So, Vegas at least is in my opinion still honoring this Jacksonville defense to to a certain extent here with a relatively low total. Um, are you thinking this is going to be a, a a you know, a defensive kind of struggle or might Blake Bortles come out firing trying to, you know, hold on to his job? Do you see the over or the under in this game? 42 is the current total. Like sick about firing, you
1: know, playing for his job here. Because now he's under some pressure here. Uh, And I don't think either defense is shut down, especially Philadelphia. So I'll take the over.
2: Okay, you say some points will be scored uh, in ten, in that game over there in London. Let's look at some other wide receivers right around this territory that I'm intrigued by. I'm intrigued where you have both of the Patriots wide receivers. You have him both in they're both in wide receiver two territory. But you have Josh Gordon ranked ahead of Julian Edelman, albeit just by a couple of spots. Uh, the consensus ranks have Edelman four spots ahead of Gordon. You have Gordon four spots ahead of Edelman. You have them both in back-end wide receivers. Wide receiver two territory. Um, talk to me about this. These two wide receivers, and do you see any impact of you know Sony Michelle likely missing the game? Rob Gronkowski didn't practice. You know the Patriots don't have to release a report until a little bit later on because they are Monday Night Football. But what's impacting your rankings on these two wide receivers, and is the Gronk or Sony Michelle availability any factor there?
1: I think uh, the Michelle thing is a little bit uh, you know, plays a little to a little bit, but uh, you know, I just think they're gonna roll all over Buffalo and you know, Gordon's got some upside coming off of a hundred yard game. Edelman hasn't shown the upside yet, but he's reliable and in any given week, you know, he can bust out for his first big game of the season. So I don't know how much of those factors. like I'm not taking Gronk into account because he's expected to play, but I think I mm-hmm. think Gordon's found a comfortable role with this team.
2: Yeah, you know, we've seen reports saying that Tom Brady is growing in confidence with Josh Gordon, starting to give him some 50-50 balls, things of that nature. A great weapon to have on the outside as the Patriots move along in their threat uh, to repeat. In the AFC, at least. Um, One guy that I want to ask you about uh, that you were lower on on this level, and I thought he was kind of ascending, getting more targets with Baker Mayfield. You like the matchup against Pittsburgh, where their passing defense has not been anything to write home about. What's up with Jarvis Landry, Scott? You have him a little bit lower than the consensus. The consensus has him right on that wide receiver 1-2 fringe. You have him six spots lower as wide receiver 18. Because I think the top 16 is
1: locked in. And I like Jeffrey a little bit more. Uh, And Landry just doesn't get
2: the end zone enough. So, you know, I think that pushes him back a little bit for me. Okay, fair enough. Let me ask you about. I got a Twitter question yesterday, and I gave an answer that it looks like you agree with, and a lot of people, like you know, chimed in and trolls were saying the opposite. someone was asking me about starting, and to be quite honest, it's interesting. I have both of these players in our GST league, um, and I know where I'm going. But the two players are Kenny Galladay and your guy Doug Baldwin, Scott. You have Kenny Galladay 25. Doug Baldwin is 33. They're facing each other. I also said Eileen Galladay, but a lot of people were telling me that well, Baldwin is. The the number one wide out in Seattle, whereas Galladay is not. He's part of a wide receiver herd along with Jones and Tate there. You believe in Galladay, it looks like, this week more than Baldwin, at least by eight spots in your rankings. Tell me why you agree with me when I answered the social media question that I would lean Galladay over Doug Baldwin.
1: Health. You know, Mm. Baldwin's not 100% healthy. He's playing on two shaky knees. I see.
2: Okay. Um, do you think, does, uh, does uh, big play Darius Slay matter in this equation for you? It should be on Baldwin. I don't know if he's going to shadow him or not, but I feel like Slay is under-respected as one of the top corners in the game.
1: I think, uh, you know, he might be more on the outside against against Tyler Lockett. He got Baldwin in the slot. <gasps> uh, you know, or, I, I, I really, you know, I don't know if Slay's going to move around to cover Baldwin, Baldwin or not there. I don't think it's something you can count on and. You know, Lockett's been scoring against everybody, too, so I'm not bumping him down either. But I really don't think coverage, uh, you know, factored into this for me. It's more about health.
2: All right, fair enough, and uh, that's why we do factor all of these considerations. It may be tougher to run for Seattle this week because the Lions might have Snacks Harrison there patrolling that defensive front as well. When we come back, we look at the tight ends and think about some maybe some defenses to stream this week as well. Dane and Scott, Roto Experts in the Morning, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on right back.
0: Dailyrodo.com.
2: Welcome back, Roto Experts in the Morning, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Dane Martinez, and the King, Scott Angle. We're looking at his Week 8 ranks. We were talking about some wide receivers. We've mentioned the running backs already as well. Horrible. Listen, what's up?
1: This is horrible.
2: Music-wise?
1: Yeah, it's like, in my okay. personal opinion, it's it's okay. like some mashup of the old Rocky Ford song. Yeah, it's... it's, I, it's that was terrible. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, you know, um, Music I really subjective, have nothing to say about Some that.
1: people enjoy it.
2: Yeah, no, I hear you. I got nothing to understand because, you know, it's not my genre that I know about much. So, hey, we can agree on this one, though, Scotty. Yeah. We can agree on this one. Hey. Holiday. No, Scotty, you know your part. Come on. That's my okay, part. Go ahead. Your part is the, yeah, Saladay. come on. Because it would be, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Scott. Saladay. Celebrate. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It would be so nice. Hey Scotty, let's (laughs) look at these quarterbacks. I I, listen, I got people on 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 social media hit me up being like, I got rivers on by and I'm worried about my backup situation. And here's what I don't understand. All right, Scotty, like, I have Rivers in one of my teams, right? And I knew that I'm starting Rivers pretty much week in, week out. He's having a very good season, right? But I knew that week eight was his buy. So what do I do? I look and I see who of the kind of, like, streaming quarterbacks have the best matchup for week eight. Like, why invest in a guy as your backup? And then like know then that the one time you need to call upon him, you don't like the matchup. Find that's exactly what you do is find something where the matchup helps you in the one week that you need him. Does that make sense, Scotty? So for example, your guy Mitchell Trubisky, who you've been touting and is now number nine in your ranks, he might be a guy who if you had Phillip Rivers, if you had uh Matt Ryan, right? These are guys, this is the way you target your bi-week fill-ins. Am I correct here, Scott?
1: Yeah, I th- I think so, but, you know, I only really do it for, you know, quarterback because yeah. things change so much at running back as well. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it also brings to mind what I wanted to- – I talked about at the top of the show. Last night I made a trade in my Dynasty League. I'm just not comfortable with Matthew Stafford anymore, Uh, you know, because okay. I just don't feel there's upside. And I do have Keenum as his backup. You know, I am I guess I'm okay with that because, you know, I only have to use him once. Uh, mm-hmm. But – I actually, in my Dynasty League, it was interesting. Like, a guy kept asking me for a first-round pick, you know, because I floated right. out an offer to try to get Roethlisberger for him because he's got Roethlisberger, Breeze, and Winston. And ah, he scary. kept asking for a first-round pick. I'm like, dude, you're not getting it. But he said, what if, uh, you know, if we swapped a conditional pick, whereas if you uh, if you finish behind me in the standings, that uh, that we get to swap first-round picks. And my first reaction was, like, I like that, but isn't that collusion, though, because, you know, I can't negotiate with anybody else uh, about my first-round pick? And then we ran up by the commissioner, I said, there's nothing in the rules that that address conditional picks. And, you know, the commissioner was okay with it, so I said, okay, I'll take it.
2: Yeah, I think that's uh... – I think that's legal as well. Listen, in the NBA, there's like conditional draft picks, right, or parts of trade. And here's the thing, Scott. I do think you can continue to use the first-round pick in other trade negotiations. You just have to be clear with that other third owner, right, that this condition exists, that your first-round pick may be yours or it may be this other guy's. And if another owner understands that condition, then you can continue to use those as assets and pieces in future negotiations. Like if that was me, Scott, and I knew – you know, let's let's that you have either your pick or, you know, Mike Blewett's first round pick. And then you're saying that you would deal that pick, whichever it is to me in another deal. I now am clear and it's transparent. And I know that it's either going to be the, you know, whatever it is, it's going to be the number four or it's going to be the number seven, whatever. And I have to know that context. Uh, and then I get to decide if I want to make a deal. I think that's all right. Let me ask you about a quarterback tonight, Scott. Uh, Deshaun Watson. You know my position on him, Scott. I am worried for this man's health. The man can't even ride a plane right now. You have him further down than most. You have Deshaun Watson as QB 18 this week, or tonight, in fact, at home against Miami. You have C.J. Beathard as QB 17. So you are recommending to start C.J. Bethard over Deshaun Watson. Explain that to the people.
1: Deshaun Watson's really banged up and not putting up good numbers. CJ Bethan will get volume, and he's played against Arizona. Uh, he puts the ball up a lot. So I think CJ Bethan will. It just has a little bit more statistical upside.
2: All right. All right. Fair enough. And at the same time, remember, we have been talking about the Arizona Cardinals' defense as a stream in previous weeks. Uh, but you said you don't think they're going to do as well against San Fran as what they did a couple weeks ago against San Fran, correct? Uh, so is the is the Arizona defense not one that you are recommending to stream? Oh no, I like them. I think there's going to be sacks
1: and, and turnovers, but at the same time, you know, Bethard except for against the Rams is shown that he could put up some numbers.
2: Okay. Um, you know, we only have a couple minutes left here. We got about 10 minutes left, Scotty. Let's look at the tight end position. Um, you know, because as you know, tight end is a wasteland. Someone might have Austin Hooper on bye or others. Um, we know the top guys. I mentioned the top six earlier in the show as it related to Ebron and how you like Trey Burton. Uh, we talk about Njoku uh, all the time. I'm looking a little bit lower in that streaming territory. Um, you have Jared Cook outside of your top 12. Uh, you, ha- you are lower on him than most. I know you are down on him in general. You don't like him necessarily as a player. But listen, Scott, I mean, no Marshawn Lynch, no Amari Cooper anymore. Like, someone has to get the production for Oakland. Do they? Uh, you know, this team scored three points before the bye. Uh, this team also put know, up 40-some-odd in overtime against Cleveland, though, too, at home.
1: Yeah, but still, it's, you know, this team is depleted now. And, you know, just because they're missing pieces, can we trust anybody to step up here? And Jared Cook may get more defensive attention now. So, uh, again, you know, the guys had two big games and nothing else. Uh you know, I, I don't, I don't trust them at all. What the situation is?
2: Okay, so do you think this is an opportunity for any Raider to, uh, you know, show more production than they have? Because I mean, like, I hear you, and it's not like this offense. You know, I'm, I'm down on it overall as well. But like, by definition, you know, Marshawn Lynch and Amari Cooper had pieces of the pie. So regardless of how big the pie is, someone's getting a bigger slice of it. Who do you think that's going to be? I don't know if I always agree with that concept.
1: Like, here's the pie. And then a guy doesn't know how to eat with it. You know, that's that's one thing. But I will say that, you know, Martavis Bryant has some upside, but it's a total shot in the dark.
2: Okay. Um, I'm over on FanDuel, Scotty. And uh, I'm looking at wide receivers in this game, the Indianapolis-Oakland game, because to be quite honest, I'm looking at this as a potential stack. Uh, The total in this game is is 50, right? So you're in the 50s, so I like that. And we were talking about the Indianapolis Colts, right? And so I'm thinking about Andrew Locke. I'm thinking about if I can get one more week out of Eric Ebron. You made a great point that Chester Rogers may be a cheap kind of play as well. So I was intrigued by that yesterday. But then I look at the wide receivers on the other side of this game. Jordy Nelson and Martavis Bryant have the same price that's relatively cheap. They are both, even less than Chester Rogers, Scott, they are both 5,300 on FanDuel. Martavis Bryant and Damari Cooper, would you agree if I said a premise that uh, Jordy Nelson might be the cash game play and Martavis Bryant maybe a tournament swing for the fences? They're both at fifty three hundred. I think there's some value there.
1: Yeah. Now, when I talk about something from seasonal, I don't want to use either one of these guys. But right when you're talking about DFS, uh, no, they're not going to be widely owned, especially Jordy Nelson. But you know, Bryant is a swing for the fences and. You know, I'm okay with it because he's not going to be highly owned, and it could make
2: a difference in you placing higher in a tournament. That's the Martavis Bryant. What about Jordy Nelson at 5,300? Uh, Cash game? I
1: really, I really don't like him much at all. I think he's going to get more defensive attention now. I don't know how much he can do at this point.
2: Okay. Um, these guys are real close in your tight end rankings Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph. A lot of people are asking me about Kyle Rudolph. Listen, you know. We know how tight ends have been this season. T- Kyle Rudolph, I believe, has underperformed. Uh, Kyle Rudolph coming into this season was viewed in that, you know, I don't know, roughly, let's say, tight end six through 10 kind of category. He was definitely viewed as a potential tight end one. He's all the way down. I'm trying to find where he is so far this season. Uh, he's not as bad as I thought one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He's tight end 10 right now so far. But for some reason, I feel like we haven't heard much from him. Maybe that's because he hasn't scored a touchdown since week three. Listen, the last couple of games, Scott, you told me about the Jordan Reed stat lines in the last few games. Last few games from Kyle Rudolph, one catch for 16 yards against the Jets, four catches for 37 yards against the Cardinals, five catches for 41 yards against the Eagles. Those are not great games either for a a, a tight end that was drafted to be a week to week starter. What's up with Kyle Rudolph?
1: Uh, you know, it's really all about Adam Thielen and, and everybody else right now. And that, mm. that's the thing. You know, he scored twice in the in the first three games, and he had that nice game uh, on September sixteenth at Green Bay, and but, you know, but ever since ever since the calendar's turned from September, it's you know he's been mediocre. And the fact that you mentioned where he ranks in overall points in tight end speaks a lot to the position. Kyle Kyle Rudolph's
2: yeah. no longer a tight end one. Even though he's gotten the tenth most points so far this year. So like look, he's again, ahead of Yep. Go ahead.
1: Again, it's you know, like we talked about with my ranks. If you were to say that, that Kyle Rudolph is a solid t- or a a, a a good back tight end one, no, that he's not. You know, you look at the production for the last month, it it's not good. You know, he's he's tenth overall, but then that means that Oh, boy, I bet I bet have one of the top eight or I'm in trouble.
2: All right, fair enough. Would you rather and There are have other guys that forward? have come
1: on recently that are ranked lower. That's what I was going to mention. You know, that's what I was just yeah, going to mention. If you look at things, for example, it doesn't always pan out the way it should.
2: Yep, that's exactly what I was going to mention. So, yeah. for example, would you rather have C.J. Uzuma over Kyle Rudolph?
1: Oh, C.J. Uzuma for sure.
2: Okay, fair enough. Another guy in that, in that vein, um, Chris Herndon, I know you like. Yeah, uh,
1: I think he's got. Would a you rather have Ernden than Rudolph for the rest of the season? Uh, it's getting close. And you're in your in-season ranks, I,
2: kind of thing, in the medium term. Yeah, let's say. yeah,
1: exactly. I know what you mean. Uh, it's getting close, but if he does this for another week or two, he's going to pass yeah. Rudolph. he he hasn't okay. done it yet.
2: Yeah, and I think that's to your point, Scotty. Like it's this idea like that sometimes people know of- the name. You know, it's like the name recognition. My man Chris Bavona, the manimal, our cinephile, knows, remember that Eddie Murphy movie, The Distinguished Gentleman, the idea of name recognition um, is really, you know, a <laughs> thing in, in fantasy football, right? You know, and so people... <laughs> like, underrated movie. Thank you, Bavona. Nah, you know about that I, one, Scotty? I, I, would, I wouldn't say that. Something's James Johnson? Is that just what
1: was? One, Just because one person that likes it and, and everybody else does it.
2: Oh, so you, you didn't like that movie, Scotty?
1: I I don't I don't think I ever sat down and watched more. Oh, than so a how half do you say you don't it? like it if you've
0: never watched it?
1: <laughs> no, I tried to sit through it and I couldn't do it. Uh okay. I couldn't All right, do well, it. Well,
0: fair
2: enough. You know, listen, Eddie Murphy. Again, is a you you know how I probably. am when it
1: comes to words. You know, it's you know I'm an editor, but uh, I have a problem. With I know, which is why it's says funny something when something is underrated or overrated. You know, something's not underrated based on just your singular
2: opinion of it. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I do know you're an editor. And Scotty, that's why sometimes I think it's interesting when the semantics, uh, I, when I disagree with you on the semantics, because I've been a copy editor in my life as well. But we'll get into that another time. Hey, Bavona, I'll
0: bring you in here. here you, are. you want to talk about the uh, distinguished gentleman over here? Now, the uh, James gonna, Johnson, the name you know? The only thing I'm going to say about like when, when you say something's underrated, the reason why I say it's underrated is because most people don't really think of – the Distinguished Gentleman for an Eddie Murphy movie. You think of The Nutty Professor, you think of Beverly Hills Cop, you think of those movies. Boomerang, baby. Boomerang is such a great movie. The Golden Child's not even that bad. Distinguished Gentleman is a. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. I'll give you that one. It's actually not that great. I personally like it, but that's, <laughs> that's besides the point. Distinguished Gentleman is just one of those movies that Eddie Murphy was just so good in, but there's, it just didn't get the recognition. Uh, for you know one reason or another, and i that 's why I think it 's quote unquote underrated,
1: yeah, but when you say that, you say everybody else doesn't talk about it, give it the credit it does it's because they didn 't like the movie when no, you're saying something 's underrated or overrated you 're essentially saying that everybody else should have a different opinion of it than they do
0: absolutely not i 'm not saying that
1: that 's what underrated means by dictionary definition
0: what i mean these are all
2: relative terms and everyone is talking about this relative to different things people are talking about relative to the consensus When, when things
1: are relative, subjective they can't be underrated or overrated
0: no i'm saying that That's it's underrated abso- it's underrated because ridiculous. it was just it, no it's not my reasoning for underrated is that people do it with people saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying that most people didn't really get a chance to see it. Kind of like how people didn't get to see the movie The Black Cauldron, uh, this one Disney movie, because it got it got overpowered by the the movie The Land Before Time. That's what I'm saying. But most people who saw it said it stunk. What the Black Cauldron? See, but you're 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 no, that's ridiculous, Scott. Your
2: perspective of most is like different. You don't know the uh, perspective of every single person. This is a relative thing, and that's what I'm of saying. Of course, you don't not know the every single person. Either. Obviously, right, Chris. Right. Chris, claims- Chris.
1: Obviously, Chris has a different opinion of it. But when you're talking about something over overrated or overrated, you're talking about a right. group opinion, a mass opinion. And just because you yes. like
2: something and everybody else doesn't, doesn't mean it's underrated. But it is relative to a control, Scott. But I digress. We got two minutes. Let's talk about some defenses here. There are some defenses that you like better than others uh, that you may believe are underrated by the consensus because you like them better than the consensus. We're talking about Washington. We're talking about Seattle. We're talking about Kansas City. You have them high. Higher than the consensus, so you feel the consensus has underrated these defenses for the week. Talk to me about these, Washington, Kansas City, and Seattle.
1: Yeah, I don't want to get dangerous there because we have don't have much time left, but I think underrating and overrating things from fantasy rankings perspective is different. But to your point, uh, you know, I think sometimes you know, like people don't look at certain defenses and see where they're rated, actually. And I'm not trying to disrespect any other fantasy experts, but Seattle's defense is like the second best defense in the NFL right now. And I really like the, the matchup for Washington. You know, and I'm, I'm basing these things more on sacks and turnovers than points allowed, which I think a lot of people generally do.
2: Yeah, and it sounds like you're attacking those offenses, right? We saw the New York Giants yeah. couldn't protect Eli Manning at all. So that may be uh, seeing that Washington may get some sacks as well. You don't have as much faith in Jacksonville this week. Uh, you're dropping them down. We've seen them down uh, over the last couple of weeks arguing with each other. You would have Washington, Kansas City, or Seattle even over the Jacksonville defense, huh?
1: Yeah, because I just think uh, – I don't think Carson Wentz to turn the ball
2: over a lot.
1: Uh, and I think mm-hmm. they're going to score some points there.
2: Real quick, Scotty, tonight, Miami and Houston. Houston's a seven-and-a-half point favorite. Give me one word here, Miami or Houston. My uh, Houston is minus seven-and-a-half. Yeah, they're not going to cover. All right, so you like Houston to win but not cover? Yes. Dolphins will be 4-4. Four and four. But they're not a survivor pick for you, right? No survivor picks we're no, not making any official no. picks? Not all right, we'll one. do all that tomorrow, Scotty. Have a great day, brother man. We'll talk tomorrow. FST up next.